Hi, I'm Sarah Manili, and this is Sustainably Speaking, the podcast aimed at raising awareness about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. These goals were adopted by the United Nations in 2015 as a universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure that by 2030, all people enjoy peace and prosperity. The SDGs call upon all countries to come together in a global partnership to improve health and education, tackle climate change, and much more. In 2021, Georgian College in Ontario, Canada officially joined the global movement of United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by signing the SDG Accord. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the importance of making positive change in the world. We will share inspiring stories of organizations and individuals who are taking strides toward meeting these goals. And through these stories, we hope to inspire you to take up the challenge as well. Join us in our mission to make a difference and create a better future for our planet. Welcome to Sustainably Speaking. Today, my guest is Janet O'Neill-Scott, who is a professor here at Georgian College and who has had tons of experience working with collaborative online international learning. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about all of that and how it pertains around uh, sustainability and the sustainable development goals. So thank you for being here. Sarah, thank you. You're very inviting. Always a good time to have a conversation with you. So I'm very happy that you asked me to do that in this space. Some of the topics today are sustainable related, some are academic, but I think that you'll see it ties all together. Absolutely. I think so too. And I really appreciate you being here. So why don't you tell me a little bit, I know, you know, a lot of people are familiar with COIL, Collaborative Online International Learning, but I'd like you to talk a little bit more about IVL. It's international virtual education and learning. And in a world where we already have a lot of acronyms, I thought I'd do another one. (laughs) But mostly because of my own personal experience, um, and I felt COIL was very prescriptive. It's an excellent initiative, but being part of a COIL project, I realized it wasn't just the students that were learning. It was also the faculty. It was also the administrators. It was such an organic process that even our institution was learning, and by that It was from our technology. We had to share our technology, figure out a way to get students collaborating in another country, think about systems access, the logistics, timetabling, faculty conversations, academic conversations with our deans and associate deans. And so my takeaway from that entire experience was I almost felt ashamed for how I had taught before because there was this whole other side to teaching that I wasn't even aware of. And you don't get the opportunity to exercise those muscles when you are going into a classroom on, I think, such a routine basis and you don't think globally. You might talk about it, but you don't think globally. My takeaway after a year of working with another institution from planning and concept to completion about how are we going to deliver a collaborative experience in the classroom. So we shared a timetable, we shared um, a virtual teaching room and it was just a takeaway of, I learned. And so if I learned, I knew uh, a lot of the people that I had to interact with and engage with to try and get this initiative happening in my classroom. It was just such a huge learning process that when I knew I wanted to share it out to the college community, it was bigger than me. It was bigger than COIL. Um, And so that's where the acronym came from. Yep. So I am guilty of adding another one to the list. Yep. That's a good one. I like it. 
but uh, I felt that it, it took in everyone's process. And can you tell us a little bit about some of the partnerships that you made or which, which, what college were you or what international institution were you working with? Sure. So we often get the opportunity to have experiences. And one of those things is um, an international education program through a college initiative uh, for professional development. And so I had approached that with some specificity in terms of I was looking for a school that had a similar infrastructure to our own in both uh, a technical college, but also geographically what was around us. And I found a school in Ireland that was on the the cusp of merging into a pan-university model. So there was an amalgamation happening. It would give us access to a bunch of institutions that shared the same vision. And they were very gracious in terms of just sort of putting up with me showing up in their cafeteria saying, does someone want to work with me? Because that's how it happened. But it was based on that experience. And that school uh, came back and said, would you like to do a COIL project? Um, and we had been talking for a year about working on something. And, and what the something started out to be was uh, a sustainability micro-credential. We knew we wanted to get together. And then it, it just organically morphed into a COIL project because the pandemic had hit and we had to figure out a way to work together, but it was an excellent opportunity because everyone was in the same space at the same time. And so we were being creative forcibly uh, um, to engage students. And so this is how it it came upon my door and it became a four-year work in progress as it stands right now. Wow. And so in this particular instance, then students actually work in a project, like in a group with students from the college in Ireland. Is that correct? That is correct. And when you embark on a COIL project, SUNY COIL has uh, a great resource for faculty if they're looking uh, to participate. And it, it looks to gravitate towards it, you know, a seven to 14 week project and students can engage in that project. Um, and the faculty that I worked with were extremely creative and we tried to tackle everything all at once. So we tackled sustainability. We tried uh, to tackle a business problem and we tried to tackle collaborative online learning all at once in one big project. Okay. Um, the students were given guidance and coaching and they were given outlines and we did shared assignments, but we also wanted to make sure the students all got the same experience. So you don't have to do it this way. Uh, It was our experience and what we had decided and agreed upon. So we shared a classroom space. Our students met in the same space. We were on teams and we had, uh, we had a shared classroom space for seven weeks. We shared our teaching time. We shared our facilitation of student projects. And then the students presented to a business owner at both schools at the same time for their sustainability project. So each group picked a a sustainable goal that the group felt like they wanted to, uh, and they worked on helping that business theoretically fix or attempt to model some type of sustainability. Do you, and you might not remember to go back, but would you know an example of one of the SDGs that was used? Absolutely. So a lot of students, when you, uh, we used a food service business and the company was wonderful. They came in and did a presentation to the students virtually first on their company and, and gave them sort of a landscape 
of what they dealt with overall. And so students from that point could interpret what type of sustainable goal they wanted to fix. So some students went immediately to packaging, right? Um, and looked at compost. We had some great creative submissions. Another group of students actually put a QR code on the packaging that when scanned, it did a donation to a food bank. Oh, wow. Locally in the area. Um, Other students chose to think about the bigger picture of the company and chose to talk about the energy that the company was using and how they could implement uh, solar energy to any of the manufacturing components. So we had this diverse group of students and because they were global, they really had to think about what happens in your area versus what happens in our area and have those conversations about just business in general and how people conducted business in different countries and where their focus was. And for a lot of students, it was an eye-opener to see what was in their backyard, but more importantly, what other areas of the world were doing and how focused they were on sustainable goal development and where it was important to them as a, a full culture. That's amazing. Honestly, I do think that this whole project is absolutely incredible. In terms of, I had it in my mind and then it went whoosh, and the challenges. There we go. Bring it back around. <laughs> I enjoy that. But it's funny because it's, even though you think that in a, in a podcast, you're talking about, you know, how you bring it back around, this is not different than the student experience. Right. And that's one of the challenges, to be honest. When you present goals to students from the sustainable goal choice menu, yes. it is overwhelming. And that has to be one of the biggest challenges to date that I've come across when trying to incorporate sustainable goal developments, because my experience, and while it's somewhat limited, it it is broad in terms of access to student groups, right? Having now done these international projects. But one thing that has been my constant takeaway is the interpretation of sustainability. Yes. And most often it has been my experience that it is interpreted as such a massive undertaking that it feels overwhelming. How do I bring it back? How do I have a correlation? And what I've found is my thinking is very different sometimes because there's parallel learning in it. Right. So when people are talking about sustainable education, I often try to remind the student groups or the people I'm talking to, there is a little bit of a dichotomy. Yes, but sustainable education is not just virtual education in that we are flattening barriers. We are creating equity because everyone has the access to the space and the resources in the same way. And we don't have to worry about mobility and who can afford mobility and who cannot. Certainly that is an aspect of sustainability, but there's also, can you sustain this method of education? Is this something that your institution can sustain? So there is this parallel sustainability conversation. And some of the challenges has been recognizing that from an institutional perspective, that this isn't something that we want to just introduce as a quote unquote experience. It is hidden curriculum. It is learning that is continuous from the faculty who delivers it to the administrators who support it and from the institutions who recognize this is an initiative that needs to be 
part of our fabric that's woven through everything that we do because it hits so many high notes of sustainability. But we have to consider if we initiate it, then how do we future proof it? So that's, that's kind of where it's always such a huge conversation and people, um, don't really draw those parallels to it. Okay. No, that actually really is eye opening because you're absolutely right. And and when I've been speaking with other people on this podcast about the sustainable development goals and, you know, sustainability in general, it does feel overwhelming in terms of being able to, you know, bring it back and make a difference. But to your point, which is, I love is to sustain it actually to be able to continue to do this work in lots of different ways. Yeah. I think we often, I'm using a blanket term, we, but I, when people initially ask me about sustainable anything, I think I have to answer with, I am going to solve world hunger right? <laughs> or world yeah. peace and come up with that pageantry answer right. or, um, that makes me feel like I am making this massive contribution. But when you start to pull the thread of sustainability, you realize it's very tiny contributions but on mass, right? Yes. So in the volume of it all, there are so many opportunities to help. But I think because every every conversation recognizes that there are these gaping issues Absolutely. that have no one size fits all answer, we tend to think we have to answer on mass with it. And certainly I've been known to be the different thinker not always the easiest way. Um, but so I think of it in these terms of if we just looked at it from, you know, a different lens, different perspective, we would get such a different outcome. Okay. And and in terms of these collaborative international learning and, and IVAL, how do you see it evolving? Like, what do you feel like is the next step to moving this forward? So Again, societally for me, there's a lot of information by fire hose. So I, that's what I like to call it. I think to move this forward, I think it has to be just part of the conversation daily, mm-hmm. not something that is a push through fire hose and, and then walk away from it. I think it is a, a concept of take what you need and leave the rest, but put it as part of programming, put it as part of a conversational aspect. We want our students and just people we know to be a little bit more globalized because when we order online, when we connect online, we seem to understand it in those arenas. But when it comes to education, we don't necessarily think of it as this is part of the programming. So where I'd like to see it go forward is for any learner to realize I don't ever have to leave my house, but I can certainly understand, have empathy, have perceptions that change uh, and have knowledge building capacity. And that's to me what this is, is it's capacity building for students, for faculty, for institutions to really understand and engage with what else is the world doing and how can I access that from where I sit, but more importantly, make a contribution towards it. And that can happen without ever leaving your house. I think that is very, very powerful. Um, And I think if that power was unleashed to students, I think they would find, you know, that term hidden curriculum. I think they would find the learning in that. It's not 
you know, it's not pretty, certainly when there's language barriers, time zone differences, there's there's all these barriers to doing it really, really well. Mm -hmm. But when you do it really, really well, I think you miss the troublesome knowledge in between. And that's what we learn from. And it helps build resiliency and it helps build so much critical thinking for students and for people involved that that's where I like to see it evolve, that it just becomes, you know, part of the fabric of our learning community. I know that, um, you know, part of what we've been talking a little bit about too, is I, I know that everyone here at the college is attempting to put it into a curriculum, like actually specifically the SDGs and how they relate back to, to learning outcomes. And I think that is also a good way for the students to see, you know, this particular project or this part of the curriculum relates directly to this particular SDG. And I think that that I can go a long way as well. I mean, from a smaller perspective. Well, and I think from an employability standpoint, employers are looking for competencies that go far beyond what we would consider standardized competencies. Yes. And what we do recognize is some of those areas, the shift tends to be a little bit slow to moving those pieces, but in real time for employers, they want that instant knowledge from who they're working with uh, or who who is coming to interview. And so I think giving that a little bit more focus in terms of when, when we prepare anybody for the workplace or just how flexible the workplace has to be now. I mean, I, I have a hard time recognizing where you would not find sustainable goal development. It, it's it's yep. in everything. But again, I think because we tend to think of it as such a massive undertaking, yes. we don't really recognize it's something that we have the ability to change uh, and contribute to all the time. Yeah. And I think also two people are doing things and they don't even necessarily realize that, that in doing those things, they're achieving these goals as well. That is a bigger truth because um, I think we look for analytics and metrics mm -hmm. on yes. a lot of things. And there is a lot to be learned from just reflection of how do I contribute? How do I show up? Um, and, and what does it look like? Because again, those small contributions mean something, mm -hmm. but if we don't take stock of, of how to recognize it, or we think, well, we don't do enough to provide this metric, then it must not be worth something. Right. Uh, I'd like to change that, that thought process. And so building students or building a workforce that has those competencies globally matters a lot. And I think we're on uh, a good path to recognizing how to make that move forward. Well, I want to thank you so much. All of this information is wonderful. I've learned a lot today myself. So thank you for taking the time to speak with us today and to teach us a little bit more about all of this. Sarah, it's always, always a pleasure to have any conversation with you. Okay. You're the best. <laughs> I love you. Can I keep that in there? I really, yes. I really yes. love her a lot. 